0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Uh, Today is Thursday. Week 8 starts tonight with the Dolphins and Ravens. Uh, my name is Faraz Siddiqui. Uh Gonna go over the start sets today. Going to go over who you know who I think are good starts. Obviously, you're gonna start your studs, but besides the studs, uh, who are you gonna start? Who are the desperate starts this week? There are a lot of guys on bye weeks. Um, you gotta find some guys who who can fill in. So. Gonna go over some of those guys. Gonna go in a little deep this week. Um, so desperate starts. Also, guys, we want to temper our expectations on, and guys who we don't want to play at all. Um, you know, guys who we just want to try to avoid if we can. Um, so going to get right into it. Um, Gonna start with Jay Ajayi. Uh These these are the guys that I'm thinking that are good starts this week. Uh, n- not that you wouldn't start Jay Ajayi. I wouldn't bench a guy who's getting 25 carries a game. But he hasn't blown up yet, so some might have their doubts. The Ravens, they have been giving up 4.4 yards per carry, which ranks 23rd in the league. And they've allowed the most yards on the ground per game at 145 yards a game. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of yards on the ground. Um, in a game where it should be close and low scoring, they will, there will be plenty of opportunity for Ajayi to keep getting the rock. I don't think he could, he should be on benches this week, um, or any week for that matter. If anyone's getting that many touches, he should be in your lineup. Joe Mixon, he was a start here last week, but the coaches decided not to give him the ball in the second half, and they then proceeded to lose the game. I mean, I think if they kept feeding Mixon, I mean, I understand they want to keep up with Pittsburgh, but they weren't that you know that far out of it uh, before they stopped giving him the ball. But I don't think we need to worry about that uh, negative game script in you know this week against the Colts. The Bengals are heavily favored at home. Um, The Colts' offense, they've been anemic. Their defense can't stop anyone. Their rush D has really fell off in the past few weeks, so I think mixing is a lock this week, to be honest. The Colts, they've allowed 10 touchdowns on the ground so far this year, which is by far the most in the league. They've allowed 4.3 yards per carry and 124.7 yards per game, which ranks 26th in the league. I'm staying in it with a talent of Mixon, hoping that he gets the opportunity he rightfully deserves in this backfield. He did speak up about it last week, um, and I think the coaches, you know, I think it just makes sense what he said. He, he, I don't think he said it in a bad way. Um, he didn't throw anybody under the bus. Um, you know, he was just saying, like, hey, let's just keep doing what, what works, just keep feeding me the ball. He didn't complain about his bad offensive line. Um, so, you know, I think he'll get the rock in this game, and uh, I think if they're up, um, he should see a good number of carries in this game. All right, Amir Abdullah. He, you know, he's had a low ceiling this year, uh, but he has been getting the work. Um, he's not necessarily the focal point of this offense. We know that this offense has always been a pass-first offense. Um, but you know, if he gets his average of 15 touches a week, I think Abdullah can be successful against the Steelers. Um, they have been allowing 4.7 yards per carry this year, which is, you know, that ranks 27th in the league. They've allowed six touchdowns so far, so there's that chance of scoring as well. He hasn't got a heavy workload yet, but the Lions are are going to have to lean on their running game, you know, if they want to avoid this really good Steelers secondary. I'm not going out of my way to have Abdullah in my lineup this week, but I think he's a good option at home. Calvin Benjamin, the Bucks have seemed to move Vernon Hargreaves to his more natural position of the nickel corner, uh, you know, and he's been struggling on the outside as well. So Benjamin, I think he's he should see a lot of Robert McClain moving to the outside this week. Um, that's on the left side of the field when you're looking at it from the offensive point of view. That side of the field has given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers this year, and I I don't expect that much to change with McLean on the outside. You know, that Bucs defense is just beat up. Their secondary is very beatable, and they barely have a pass rush. So Benjamin, you know, he should be healthier this week, and he should be able to take advantage in what could be a shootout in Tampa Bay. All right, Demarius Thomas. He definitely had a disappointing week seven. Uh, you know, he had a Casey Hayward shutting him down. You know, not on top of that, Trevor Simeon was really play- have, hasn't been playing well at all the past few weeks. Now, this week, Thomas, he goes up against the Chiefs, but he only lines up on Marcus Peters' side of the ball. Um, I'm sorry, Marcus Peters' side of the field 38% of the time this year. And he spends 50% of his time lining up on the other side, on Terrence Mitchell's side of the field, where the Broncos have given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. We saw what Amari Cooper did to them last week, and I think DT can exploit them again uh, this week. He's going to be in my lineup, and especially in PPR leagues, he is a lock for me. All right, DeAndre Hopkins. I am mentioning him. You know, you're starting him anyway, right? Like, I don't see any reason or any week you'll be benching DeAndre Hopkins. He's a stud. Um, but... You know, I'm not going to hesitate because of the perceived tough matchup in Seattle. There's no doubt that teams definitely struggle in Seattle, but Hopkins only lines up on Richard Sherman's side of the field on about a third of his snaps. You know, Sherman doesn't doesn't shadow. Um, and he he I think he spent no time on the other side of the field this year. Um, now, Hopkins, he spends 57% of his time on Shaq Griffin's side of the field, and the Seahawks have given up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers in the last four games on that side, so it's a winnable matchup. I think some might be tempted to sit him, but I wanted you to give you know I wanted to give you a little bit of confidence that he shouldn't be shut down this game, and you know you shouldn't feel like you know you might need to find a better option. The matchup is there. Um, if he doesn't come down with it, that's kind of on him, and I wouldn't sit him uh, for any anybody else. Honestly, um, it's a very understandable concern, uh, but sherman you know he he has allowed the least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on his side of the field which makes me more concerned about will fuller but i'm not benching hopkins this week or any week all right keenan allen i'm starting keenan allen almost every single week but you know i'm mentioning these guys because you know that like him in particular he hasn't blown up yet so you know some might have second doubts like oh maybe you know another receiver that i'm picking up off the waiver might outscore him but not this week. The Patriots have allowed the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Um, that's where Keenan Allen lines up most of the time, and this is this game is expected to be a shootout. You know, we expected it last last week with the Falcons uh, and the Patriots, but I have more confidence in Philip Rivers. He's been getting it done a lot longer, um, and I think this matchup is going to be a fun one to watch. And, and, you know, the fact that it's a shootout, I think that bodes well for Rivers to have a ton of attempts in this game with a lot of them going, you know, to his number one receiver in Keenan Allen. In PPR, Allen is a must start every every week. Um, And in standard, you might have second doubts, but you shouldn't have any in this one, to be honest. Adam Thielen is the next guy I wanted to talk about. He's he's been getting a ton of opportunity over the past two games. Uh, He saw 25 targets in the last two Stefan Diggs is expected to play this week, but, you know, he still hasn't had a full practice. Now I say that, uh, but now I'm getting a notification that he did practice uh, today, fully, Thursday. So, um, you know, Diggs should play. If he doesn't, Thielen is a top 15 play this week, but if he does, I think Thielen should get, you know, enough volume uh, to be great in a really good matchup here. The Browns, they've given up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up in the slot, and the sixth most in the last four games. Thielen, he already had... 43 catches and 529 yards which is fourth in the league I mean you don't think about that when you think about Adam Thielen but he's fourth in the league in yards right now um that bodes really well for Thielen who is coming off Case Keenum's you know he's becoming Case Keenum's dependable go-to target right now all right uh back to the Patriots Danny Amendola Chris Hogan I think Chris Hogan is also an every week start because of his upside. Uh, he hasn't, you know, really got it done the last two games. Last last week wasn't too bad. Um, you know, I think he still had seventy yards, but he didn't score. I we were kind of getting used to that since he scored in like four straight weeks. But um, he lines up all over the place, but he does spend a majority of his time in the slot, and that's about fifty percent of his snaps. Um, Yeah, you know, you might think that Amendola is the guy in the slot, but Amendola is kind of a part-time player He lines up, he kind of, you know, comes on the field about 50 to 60 percent of the time Uh, So, you know, when he's not on the field, it's usually uh, Chris Hogan in the the slot Um, The Chargers, they're very vulnerable uh, to that slot position They give up the 13th most fantasy points to wide receivers there And they're pretty good defensively on the perimeter, uh, if not great amandola you know he is also a good play this week even as a part-time player assuming he's healthy enough to go uh he he didn't practice yesterday so when but when he's on the field he lines up primarily in the slot and um even though he doesn't have quite the ceiling that hogan does he's still a great option in ppr with upside for a touchdown this week I, you know brandon cooks he's assumed to be shadowed by casey hayward so i would expect more targets to be distributed uh to hogan to amandola to gronk those running backs um So yeah, that's what I would expect, and I I think that they're going to take advantage um, of that slot position. All right, Alshon Jeffrey, he's a start, but this is a last-ditch effort for me. Um, I think this is too good of a matchup to pass up on. Uh, Jeffrey, he's been very disappointed this year, no doubt, but to be fair, he's had tough matchups. He's been one to overcome some of these in the past because he would have some ridiculous target numbers, but that just isn't the case anymore. We thought he could get it done against a Norman-less Redskins defense last week, but he didn't come through. This week, he should be a lot better for him matched up with Dante Johnson most of the time. That left side of the field where Jeffrey lines up 49% of the time is a huge vulnerability for the 49ers. They've been giving up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers in the last four games. Um, The other parts of the field aren't as vulnerable, so Wentz, I think he should be looking to exploit this matchup. Jeffrey, he needs to get it together, and if he can't get it done in this matchup, uh, to be honest, I don't think we can rely on him as an every-week starter like he's being currently treated. I'm starting him in this matchup, hoping for a bounce back game. And to be honest, if he bounces back, I'm looking to trade him. He has a couple, uh, he has a couple more matchups coming up. Uh, if he's on your roster, I'll be looking to package him up, maybe for you know a better wide receiver. Package him up with an, another wide receiver on your bench uh, and upgrade that position, or maybe trade him for running back if you're in need for need of running backs. I think he is tradable on name value and off of a good off off of a good game if he has one this week. Giggity giggity. All right. Uh, I'm going to move on to desperate starts. I'm going to start off with Josh Doxson. Jay Gruden said he's going to ride the hot hand between Doxson and 2 Prior. Pryor. That's just great news. I'm, isn't it? Like, ambiguity is just what we need. But if you missed it this past Monday night, Doxson got the start over Pryor with Pryor standing on the sidelines with his helmet in his hands. So he knew that was going to happen. Doxson, he has the upper hand right now. I <laughs> get it. And will get the benefit of the doubt from coaches. So I think he would be the preferred play between the two. I would prefer not to start either until the situation becomes a bit more predictable as far as opportunity, snap counts, targets, etc. between the two. But if you need to plug in a wide receiver, this isn't the worst matchup to plug Dox in your lineup. Dallas struggles to, continue to cover the perimeter. Um, they've allowed the 6th most and 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on the left side and right side respectively. Doxson, you know, he has scored a few touchdowns this year. So, you know, he, he at least has that going for him, that Kirk Cousins is looking for him in you know in the red zone. Um, we're hoping for an increased target share, and the opportunity is there for Cousins to start using his wide receivers, which he hasn't really started to do. Um, so there is that opportunity for a number one wide receiver to emerge, and hopefully that's Josh Doxson. Now, and the reason why I say that, I want that to emerge before I put him in, put him in my lineup because there's a lot of moving parts there. That's kind of what I'm saying. All right, moving on. Deshaun Jackson, uh, he is, you know, he's actually been pretty consistent this year as far as targets go. And now that I think about it, he should actually be in the start section. Um, He's actually seen very consistent targets this year. He's averaging seven a game. He has put up decent weeks most of the time. And this week, he goes up against a Carolina defense that has been struggling in the secondary lately, especially on the side that d lines up on most of his routes. That right side of the field has allowed the second most fantasy points in the last four weeks, and he should take advantage of what could be a shootout, so I'm okay starting uh, G-Jax this week. All right, uh, Pierre Garçon, unfortunately, he's moved to this section. He's a great player and was great with Horia trucking him the ball, especially in PPR, but he only saw seven targets last week in an ideal game script for him, being down all game. Uh, CJ Beathard still gave him seven targets in a great matchup, you know, so Garcon's only games prior with less than 10 targets was against Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman. And then he got seven in this game. Now, Ronald Darby might be back in this game, uh, but he's yet to put in a full practice. So without Darby, this Eagles defense has been very vulnerable on the perimeter, given up the second and eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on the left and right side of the field. So assuming that the Philly pass rush doesn't take over, you know, Garcon should take advantage of the matchup. You know, if Beathard can find him. I would downgrade Garcon if Darby plays, though. All right, LeGarrette Blunt. He's averaging 14 carries a game outside of one game where he didn't get any work. But outside of that one game, he's almost had 14 carries on the dot in every game. The Eagles should be up at home for most of this one, and Blunt might go over his 14-carry average this week. It's looking kind of likely. Um, the 49ers, they've allowed the most carries per game in the NFL this year. They've allowed the second most touchdowns in the league and the fourth most rushing yards per game. So, you know, the reason why Blunt is more desperate than an absolute start this game is because he's not guaranteed to get f- more than 14 carries. Uh, he's also not involved in the passing game, and Wendell Smallwood is back and will take some of that work away. Um, but this game script, it lines up for a blunt, what we call, what we like to call a blunt game. Alright, so speaking of Wendell Smallwood, um, you know, a lot of what I just talked about with Blunt applies, but I think what's really relevant to Smallwood's skill set is the fact that the 49ers are allowing a ton of receptions to running backs, and once they get the ball, they've allowed yardage as well. Um, San Francisco, you know, is 31st DVOA, uh, according to Football Outsiders, against pass-catching running backs, and in case you forgot, Smallwood is playing the Darren Sproles role in this offense, so... um, You know, he should get a combined 15 touches or so in both the run and pass game. All right, moving on to the Jets, Matt Forte. Uh, Most of the Jets games this year have been relatively close. I mean, they've really surprised a lot of people, including myself. Um, I'm a Jets fan, if you guys guys didn't know that. Um, Outside of the game with Oakland, most games have been close. Uh, With Atlanta's offense struggling and the Jets' defense playing better than average, I expect this game to be relatively close, and they're playing in New York. Uh, Matt Forte, you know, he's been the lead dog for this backfield and had 12 touches last week when Powell came back into the rotation. But what's really noticeable is his work in the receiving game. Uh, He caught all five of his passes in week seven and caught all eight of his passes in week six. I think he could provide a decent floor and be someone you can plug in uh, in your lineup this week. I'm really only considering him in PPR because of that work in the passing game. Otherwise his floor just isn't really that high Um, You know if one of your running backs are on bye, if you're in a PPR league, I'm 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 perfectly fine putting in Matt Forte Um, Atlanta's defense is 30th DVOA against the run and 18th DVOA against pass catching running backs So Forte is not a bad start this week All right, let's move back to the Lions. I want to talk about Theo Riddick now I'm not a fan of starting Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay, you know, because that Pittsburgh secondary has really been shutting wide receivers down. And there's a void in that offense for those short to to intermediate pass routes that Golden Tate loves to run, and Golden Tate probably won't play in this game. There's a small chance that he will play, but most likely not. So I think Theo Riddick would be the perfect fill-in for that role. We've seen him in that role for a few years now. He's been one of Stafford's favorite weapons, you know, if that offense chooses to feature him, which they haven't this year so far. Um, He is a desperate start, but a not-so-obvious one, and I think he could have some upside. I think in order for the Lions to move the ball, they need to find a vulnerability in this defense, and it's not the secondary. Um, The Steelers, they're in the middle of pack DVOA in defending pass-catching running backs, so I think that's where the Lions will try to exploit them instead of testing their secondary too much in this game. Now, and obviously, I'm only talking about PPR here. All right, Juju Smith-Schuster. He had a full practice so he that you know that's a good uh, that's a good sign uh, of him being cleared of the concussion protocol. Um Martavis Bryant inactive for week 8 with his shenanigans. So Juju, he should see an increased opportunity, especially with Antonio Brown shadowed by Darius Slade. Not that that's going to stop Antonio Brown, but he might not get 19 targets. (laughs) Uh, The Lions have given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up in the slot in the past four weeks. So, you know, Juju probably will line up there, you know, most of the time. And I think he can take advantage of that matchup uh, if he's going to get those extra targets. He's been a favorite of Big Ben when they get closer to the red zone. So he does have a chance for a score as well. So he's not a bad fill in this week either. All right, uh, going a little deeper, Paul Richardson. He's a bit of a flyer, but I think with so many receivers on bye this week, he's someone you might have to consider. He he has been lining up on the left side of the field where the Texans have been giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers in the past four weeks. Um, Lockett's side is a bit more stingy, so Russell Wilson he could look Rich- Richardson's way a little bit more. Uh, We've seen Richardson be able to make big plays and he hasn't really disappointed much in most games like in most games He's either getting the yardage to make you, you know Kind of happy that he didn't kill you and or he's getting a touchdown. So, um, you know He's been pretty good this year as you know, one of uh, Russell Wilson's secondary targets Okay, moving to Dallas another flyer in Cole Beasley The Redskins perimeter defenders are tough to pass on especially Josh Norman is back this week if that's the case Beasley, he's going to have to take advantage of this matchup in the slot. Uh, you know, the Redskins have been giving up the 4th most fantasy points this year to the slot position. They have gotten a little bit better in the past 4 games, giving up the 13th most points. Um, but, you know, we've seen Beasley exploit a matchup like this before. Um, so, Dak Prescott, he should look his way a bit more this week. Alright, guys, I'm tempering my expectations on Des Bryant. You know... We always temper his expectations. He's going to have a ton of tough cornerback matchups this week. And if Josh Norman is playing, it's going to be a tough one. But, you know, I'm starting Dez. He, you know, he finds a way to score. He's a touchdown machine. uh, So I think he he might have a, he has a really good chance of scoring even with Josh Norman on him. I'm still starting him. But, you know, if he doesn't come out of this game with a big game, you know, you kind of know why. Uh, Tyreek Hill. I'm probably starting Hill this week, but he's not an automatic start for me. He did destroy the Broncos in Denver last year, uh, but now they know what they're dealing with. So you know they might it might he might not be you know as much of a weapon if they prepare for him. Uh, the Broncos they have an anemic offense, so the Chiefs he, they could see more possessions with better field position, uh, and Tyreek Hill can have extra opportunity than he normally would. Uh, but you know he moves around enough. Uh, that Alex Smith should be able to catch him once he's in the slot, you know, or against Bradley Roby. Um, you know, the Broncos haven't done as well in the slot compared to the perimeter, and they definitely haven't done um, as good on, uh, you know, compared to to Talib's side. But he can win against Bradley Roby. Um, there are chances for him to score in this one. You know, like I said with Dez, you just got to be aware w- that, you know, you can be unhappy with his final output you know, after this matchup, but you know, it's still a tough matchup. Uh, but you know, if if you, I wouldn't start like a Paul Richardson over Tyreek Hill is kind of what I'm saying. Brandon Cooks, I don't think I can sit Brandon Cooks. You know, just because of how dynamic he is, he's kind of an every week start, almost. But I'm tempering my expectations this week. Casey Hayward shuts the you know he shut Demarius Thomas down last week. Uh, Trevor Simeon struggling. And Cooks, is he's in for a tough day against them. I think, you know, the Chargers, they've been great defensively uh, on the perimeter. They've allowed the 24th and 27th most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left side and the right side of the field, respectively. And Cooks has lined up on the perimeter 82% of the time so far this year. So, you know, Brady has a ton of options, and he has a ton of options in the middle of the field, you know, within that perimeter, you know, in Hogan, Amendola, Gronk, his running back. So I don't think Brady needs to test Hayward too much. All right, here, guys, I'm sitting, um, and I'm going to start out with Deshaun Watson. I've been getting a lot of questions about, hey, you started Deshaun, Deshaun Watson this week, and, yeah, like, you know, you want to stay in the flames, but, you know, a rookie quarterback going into Seattle right now? No, I'm good. Thank you. Um, you know, this isn't just any rookie, I understand, but, you know, even good veteran QBs coming out of Seattle not happy with their performances is pretty pretty common. Um, I'm definitely trying to find a better option this week. The Seahawks haven't allowed a twenty-point performance in standard quarterback scoring this year, and only Aaron Rodgers and Marcus Mariota have gone over ten fantasy points against them this year. And we're talking about we're talking about four-point uh, passing touchdowns. So I'm trying to find a better option. Jalen Rashard, DeAndre Washington. I know these guys are popular waiver wire pickups because Marshawn Lynch is down. You know, is out for this week with that suspension. Uh, but they're going to split work in Buffalo. You know, if you guys remember last year when they split the work when Latavius uh, Murray went out, neither, neither of them were that valuable because they just took work and fantasy relevance away from each other, and you never know who, who to start. Um, Washington, he got most of the share last year, but Richard had a decent-sized role. In this matchup, the Bills are pretty good against the run but aren't as good in defending pass-catching running backs. You know, they're ranked 18th DVOA in that department. Um... The Bills—they don't allow that many attempts either. They only—they've they, only allowed 147 attempts for the year, so I would lean Richard in this matchup. You know, but honestly, it's a toss-up, and I prefer not to start either one of these guys. All right, I'm gonna uh, so I'm gonna go back to Detroit. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. Like I said, um, there's gonna be some extra target share to go around because of Golden Tate's injury. He's most likely going to miss this week. Um, There's a small chance he's going to suit up, but if he doesn't, Marvin Jones will likely get the biggest bump in targets out of these two. But the Steelers' secondary have been lights out this year. As far as fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, get this. The Steelers gave up the 29th, the 28th, and the 31st, you know, as far as fantasy points, in defending the left slot and right wide receiver positions, respectively. So, you know, (laughs) that's a tough matchup. So I'm not going to start either Jones or Gallaty this week. Gallere remains a stash in case he can develop into that big receiver Stafford likes over the rest of the season. Now, Marvin Jones, you know, he he's going to get the volume, most likely. So um, I might start him because of that, and he might give you a day where, you know, not a huge upside day, but like something like, you know, 10 points in a PPR, something like that. Um, and if you're happy with that, go ahead and start Marvin Jones, because uh, you can kind of depend on the volume. All right, Wolf Fuller. Uh, like I mentioned earlier with DeAndre Hopkins, Fuller's going to see a ton of Richard Sherman in Seattle. He lines up on Sherman's side of the field 48% of the time, and that's where he spends the majority of his time. He's going to have a chance to move around the formation in the slot and on the left, but Sherman has allowed the least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers lined lined up on his side of the field, the least. He doesn't give up fantasy points. Um... You know, can Fuller get an opportunity when he moves around? Yes, but it's very hard to catch the Seahawks off guard for a big play at home in Seattle. Um, And, you know, also you have to look at Fuller's production and how he produced. I mean, his production has been ridiculously unsustainable. He caught seven passes. Five of those passes were touchdowns. He's averaging only four targets since he came back this year. There's no doubt that Deshaun Watson and Fuller have some magic going on, but, you know, and it's hard to bet against them, to be honest, but I'm taking my chances with another decent option, and I'm going to sit fuller in this game. I'm going to take my chances with somebody else. All right, guys, that's it for the start sits. Um, I did want to add, uh, you know, I didn't have Amari Cooper originally in this, but I did get a, a notification saying that AJ Gaines, the cornerback for the Bills who lines up on the left side uh, most of the time where Amari Cooper usually lines up, Uh he hasn't practiced today with a hamstring injury today's Thursday. Um, that doesn't look good for him for the week. So if EJ Gaines is out, um, that really bodes well for um, for Amari Cooper, um, oh, Michael Crabtree as well. But mostly Amari Cooper. Uh, I think Crabtree already had a pretty good matchup on the right side of the field against Rodavius White. Uh, but you know Cooper, I think he's if you're if you're struggling of whether you should start him this week, I think he's a good start if um, if EJ Gaines is out. If he's not out, you just temper your expectations. You know, he could still provide a solid week. Okay, so that's basically all I had uh, for this week. Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully, the Ravens Ravens and Dolphins can put on a good one. Uh, Good luck this weekend. If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy. You know, DM me. uh, Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know what you think of the articles at upperhandfantasy.com. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to, you know, have a more streamlined way to figure out, uh, you know, who you should start this week, and you have an Amazon Echo, you can, you know, activate the Upper Hand Fantasy uh, Alexa skill, and you can ask it who to start, and it'll tell you who to start based on Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings. So, that's just a cool little feature that we, we created. Um, so, yeah, on Twitter, at Faraz Siddiqui, F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-Y on in on Twitter as well at upperhand FFB, like I said on Instagram at upperhand fantasy, upperhand fantasy and we're on Facebook as well. Uh so thanks a lot guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games.